0: murphy welcome to the grit how's everyone doing today i got a special guest for you guys and guess what it's not a hockey person today like seriously like you know everyone thinks i only talk hockey or maybe lacrosse because of the uwlx but today we're gonna talk a little hoops a little basketball uh i've got the captain of the Brown basketball team here today. Her name is Justine Gaziano and she is a rising senior. So she's trying to improve her credibility here. Folks out there, she needs a job. Just kidding. I think she does need a job, but we'll talk about that later. Um, And she's the two-time captain of this team. And uh, during the 2018-19 season, she scored 526 points making her just the third student athlete count them third in program history to score 500 points in a season. And she's only a junior. So basically she's a really good player. And then she also scored an average of 17.5 points a game. That's a lot for those of you hockey people that are out there. That's a lot of points. Uh, if she was a man, she might be, you know, the equivalent of in my generation, like a Larry bird, she's that good. She's going to be very humble. I'm sure. And, uh, she's the second highest points per game in the Ivy league. We are so excited to welcome the one, the only Justine Gaziano. Justine, what's going on?
1: Hi, Digit. How are you? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be on here and talk to you and talk to our listeners. So yeah, thank you. How
0: fun is this going to be Justine? Just like you and me talking like I'm your coach, oh. even though I'm not.
1: Um, we always talk. And-
0: <laughs> so, uh, So what are you doing now? you down in New York, huh?
1: Yeah, so I'm currently in New York City this summer. Well, I guess I should say that I am from Boston, so a little change of scenery, but it's been a great experience so far. I came here at the beginning of June. I'm currently at an advertising agency known as Wonderman Thompson. It's a, a technology, data, and creative agency that works with clients to inspire and build growth within their companies. So the position, position I'm currently in from the company is I work for the research department. So we help our clients globally to conduct research, um, both qualitatively and quantitatively, to help them build their brands. Whoa. Sounds so I'm here until for a couple more weeks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're a couple, Sorry, I didn't want to step on you. But when you like started to say all that yeah. logistic stuff, I'm like, you're pretty smart.
1: No, no. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a great experience so far. I've definitely been exposed to... I've never had worked um, for an advertising agency before, so it's been great to get exposure to some of the different departments within advertising and also conduct research for the clients um, with what they're looking for. Sometimes that's through survey research, other times that's through um, focus groups, and our department does a wide range of different forms of research through a variety of different tools and means. So it's been really great to learn about those and uh, help with them.
0: You sound like a commercial for them. Geez, they should be sponsoring this show. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyways, they they don't know how lucky they are to have you. I'm sure, but anyway, I'm sure they do. So let's uh, let's get right into it here with you know your whole sports background growing up. So you are from the Boston area, but I'm sure you started out very young, right? And uh, what was the conversation like when you? Asked your parents, or did you just ask your parents to play basketball at a young age? Like, how'd you start? How'd you get into it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've always had such a passion and interest within sports. So that started at a young age through a variety of sports, soccer, basketball, lacrosse. I even danced, gymnastics. So it was kind of just like I hopped on that train of starting a sport and kind of figuring out which ones I liked. And then I'd say in middle school, I continued on with three or four sports sports and kind of realized, okay, I'm really interested in basketball and soccer and lacrosse. And so I played those in middle school. And then when I got to high school, it was kind of down to soccer and basketball. And I played soccer for a little, and then realized about my freshman year of high school that basketball was something I was really passionate about and wanted to try and pursue at the collegiate level. So I told my parents like, hey, um, this is something I'd love to do and I want to work hard and get there. I don't know what level I might play at, but I'm not going to know unless I try. So I was really fortunate to be surrounded by family and friends who supported um, my athletic aspirations throughout middle school and high school, which allowed me to have the opportunity to eventually play at Brown.
0: Nice. So um, what high school did you go to again? Uh, Natick or
1: something? I went to Natick High School in Natick.
0: Nice. And uh, so you're public high, tough. Yes. Yeah, you're a little gritty. That's so why you're on the show. You got some grit.
1: No, it was a great, great experience um, at high school. I loved the school, but and the team. And I live in it's, the town I grew up in has been great, very community based, and I always appreciated my experience in high school and, and changed that for the world.
0: Brothers and sisters, what do you got? Brothers, sisters, any?
1: So I have two younger siblings. I actually have a sister who will be a freshman at Wake Forest in the fall. Not playing sports. She's but she will have a great time there and be very successful um, at Wake. And then I also have a younger brother who will be a sophomore in high school at Natick High School as well. Wow! So we all had the chance to, or we'll continue to have the chance to have experience in Natick High School throughout yeah. our time there.
0: So, so you're the oldest child, another overachiever. You're an overachiever <laughs> just like myself. Um, so you had to be the first to kind of uh, break your parents in um and I'm sure that you were good at all sports how did how did the family take it was it just normal like because you know you're younger now like it's what's more accepting but uh were there any issues with you playing did you play on with boys or anything like that or is it all like all girls girl power you know
1: so I actually so neither of my parents played sports in college but a couple of my aunts and uncles one of them actually played division one basketball at Villanova and the other one played um, ice hockey at PC so it's kind of um, sports have always been in the family so it was something I was always encouraged and with I guess hopes that maybe I would continue on and want to play in college and so with that support and encouragement it was always that opportunity was always there knowing that they, that I would, they would have my back um, if I wanted to play in college and then also if I didn't want to play in college wow. Either way, I was really lucky that sports was something that we're always encouraged and Like people, people in my family were excited about and wanted to hear about like what I was up to and even like in high school and how all that was going. So it's really great that, um, my family is a big, like big, are big sports fans.
0: Well, if they weren't, weren't, you made them one because, you know, you are probably playing at the age of five to now, hopefully 55. Um, probably not. How did you, uh, so let's, let's get into the Brown thing, right? Um, you get to Brown, I'm sure you had great grades, you're recruited out of high school, um, but now you're at Brown, you're at an Ivy League school, you're trying to balance it all. How was the transition from public high to Brown? And then, you know, just tell us a little bit about the academics that you're balancing with the Division One sports experience.
1: Absolutely. So I think wherever you go as a freshman in college, as a Division One athlete, or even just as a collegiate athlete in general, it's going to be a transition. And challenges come along with that. But I think the only way... Um, that you learn how to balance it is through the experiences and through that, like through the mud and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. And I think what I found is important: is you have to keep sticking it out, like keep working hard and figuring out um, just how balancing your schedule isn't easy. But you'll learn that you have to manage your time. You have to be able to go to lift, go to class, do your homework, have breakfast sometime <laughs> in there, and. It's not easy at first because you're not always used to it. You're used to having more control over your schedule. At least I know I did in high school. And then when you get on a team in college, it's like, okay, this is when we're practicing lifting and you have to be here at X, Y, and Z times. And that's great because you're on a team and you immediately have a bunch of friends and everyone's really welcoming and like helps you to become acclimated into the school. But it is a challenging learning how to navigate both academics and athletics at the beginning. But I think the only way you can do that is by experience of experiencing it all and I would say you now my freshman year like yeah there were some challenges just in terms of figuring out how to manage my own time and staying organized and on top of everything but now as a senior going into my last year at Brown I've, I'm a lot more confident in my ability to multitask stay on top of all my assignments and manage my time in a way that allows me to be efficient I, I think I
0: it's I think it's funny because uh you know I don't think I would ever have gotten that kind of response from my hockey players. You guys must be uh, much more organized on the basketball field. <laughs> what do you no, mean? I mean, it's funny that, you know, you're, you're so uh, buttoned up, which tell which brings me to another question because you're so, you know, on point why you're a two-time captain. Every parent should want Justine to be their daughter because you're a stud. You got this Royce Fellowship, right? This is one of the biggest awards at Brown, and you got that too. So I can see from your answer for the previous question, you're so buckled up. So talk about the Royce Fellowship and how the heck you got that thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so the Royce Fellowship is an opportunity at Brown for both students and not, excuse me, both student-athletes and non-athletes to design and execute independent research projects of their choice. So it can be across any discipline, anywhere in the world, uh, anything they're passionate about. So I knew that with my interest in sociology, which is what I'm concentrating in, and my passion for basketball and community engagement and just sport in general, I wanted to do something that bridged all of these um, interests. So I happened to reach out. uh, Basically, I decided to design a project that was in Samoa a small island in the middle of the, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean very small and i went there by myself and connected with this woman that runs a grass a sport for development grassroots organization and i told her and said hey i'd love to come and work with some of your female athletes and learn about their experiences and what it's like being a female athlete in another society so i didn't tell anyone Upon my arrival, but got there, connected with this woman, and she connected me with over 15 different female athletes, uh, coaches, and players on the island in the sports of netball, rugby, basketball, and soccer. And I basically learned about their experiences and studied what one might call, in the sociological perspective, sociocultural attitudes towards female athletes. So basically looking at how social and cultural factors influence these experiences of female athletes across all ages. And it was an awesome opportunity. I had the chance to just see how um, these girls participating in sports and in coaches uh, challenge gender norms and roles in their society, but also how these gender norms challenge them as well. And they are paving way for future athletes because of the, the, their decision to be an athlete yeah. in Samoa. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I guess some. I designed that whole project and flew across the world to do it, pursue it on my own. And I had the chance to meet with all different that, um, female that athletes. Nice. That Are you I to go back. And I'd love to. I'd love to go back and have more. Just, yeah. I just had conversation with them. I was like, "Hey, like, I play sport in college in the United States, and I came here to learn about like what your your life is as an athlete in Samoa because." Um, they're both two, two very different and unique countries. And I'm really interested in, in learning about different cultures and your own experiences as an athlete in a different um, country. It, it's And
0: it's so cool the way that athletics can like, you kind of speak that same language. You know, I talk about it all the time, um, you know, when I'm just with my friends or even sometimes on the podcast, like what Megan Rapinoe says about, you know, how sports is, you know, we can make a difference in sport in so many other ways, right? Like say you go to a Patriots game, you got Republicans and Democrats, you know, together rooting for the same team and sports is a great equalizer. Don't you think?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think in that, at first, I think some of the players, the people were a little weary of like, Oh, why are you here? But it's because of sports that we were able to connect and both talk about our experiences and the things that we've done and how it's, been an inspiration to people younger
0: yeah i mean and, and you know now it um it, it kind of kind of leads me into this other question about being you know role models not only for people around the world but even just here locally so last week we did a uh, see it be it event with one of your uh, teammates that you kind of you already you recommended to me ashley de it was called see it be it we had about 50 little girls out there that Ashley, a freshman uh, on the Brown team, rising sophomore, and uh, Leah Olson, who just graduated from the hockey program, uh, those two young women were talking to some local boys and girls, uh, actually local girls, girls club, boys, it's not boys and girls club, it gets it's boys and girls club, girls uh, at their basketball league games. And they're like so cute. They're seven, eight, nine years old. And they were being the role models and they gave a little speech like talk about being a leader, you know, for those kind of little kids and what you got to say to them out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's so great that Ashley and Leo were able to do that. And I know myself, my team and a lot of teams have found trying to run clinics and be there for um, younger kids because it's important to have people to look up to people that. aspire to be like or something there's something that someone's done that you'd love to achieve and i think it's great to be able to show them that it is possible and you can overcome those barriers and challenges that might be in your way but if you keep working hard and believing in yourself and believing that you can um become that type of player uh it is possible and i think we're able to t- show these kids that you can do it and to never stop believing in yourself and what you want to be because it might take some time and it's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it. And it'll, it hopefully will turn out to be what you've always hoped it could be.
0: Thousand percent. So, you know, with that said, you know, some of the little kids might be listening out there. What would be like the one, just one message that you could give to a young person growing up?
1: I think it's two in one, would be work hard. There's always going to be someone, there's always going to be people out there working hard, but you can work harder. You can always work harder in whatever it is you're doing in life. But with that, believe in yourself, because there will be people who tell you that you can't, or that you're not good enough, or you won't ever be able to get there. But if you believe in yourself, then you can create the future that you imagine for yourself. And I think by believing in yourself and working hard, no one can stop you from doing what you love.
0: Hey, that's what we call the grit. You know, like, did you ever think of why I called it that? It's exactly what you just said, because people fall down, right? They skin their knees, they get up and they come back harder. And I'm sure you do that every day on the court. Right. And that that's exactly what we mean here. And that's why you're on the grit. So Justine, that, that was very well said. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: so now um. You know what? What do you hope to do after graduation? Like, uh, what do you, what do you, where do you see your life going?
1: Yeah. So, as I mentioned, I am currently at an advertising agency doing research, which has been such a great experience so far. Um, and I've studied sociology at school, which I've absolutely loved. It's given me the chance to kind of learn more about how individuals, society, and businesses think, communicate, and connect with one another. Which, in everything we do, I think that's something that's really interesting to know about so I I hope to take that what I've learned at Brown and my experiences this summer and my experience with the Royce Fellowship and kind of take that and start somewhere um after college that said I don't know what that looks like at the moment I'm thinking about (laughs) sales maybe finance maybe staying in advertising I really don't know but I think what I know is that I want to take all that I've learned and do something that I'm passionate about after college, and but the biggest thing I've realized is to be open to all the opportunities that present itself because the, the first job I take after college might not necessarily be what I want to do long-term, but then I'll gain that experience, which I can then carry with me later on to that dream job I hope to get eight years
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, Justine, you just hit on something that's near and dear to my heart that I want to get your take on this as a millennial, okay? uh, I see a lot of, uh, students when they graduate, you know, they kind of have this idealistic job. Um, especially women, you know, I really like kids like deal with people. So I'm going to do X, you know, I rarely see like our generation, which was, you just take the first job you get and you build on that. So what's your take on that whole commentary that I just made? Do you, you know, you seem like, uh, kind of a throwback kid that is kind of similar to the way my generation thinks, or is it a little bit of both?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, of course, everyone wants, has a specific vision in mind of what they're going to, a job they're going to after college. At the same time, myself and other people probably don't realize that what that, is, that job is right after college isn't necessarily what they want to, what they want to do long-term and they might not even realize that. So by being open to opportunities, I think it gives you the chance to, recognize that an opportunity that you're presented with could actually be, could actually lead you to the job you hope to get someday down the line, as opposed to having your vision set on something that might have, might be like a dead end. So I think by being open, it's really important that it is important to be open about the job because you never know where it could take you, who you could meet from it, and all that you could learn that could then help you later down the line. Yeah.
0: Hundred 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 percent. You know, it's, I mean, you just described networking, right? I mean, it is what it is. And I think, I think there's this kind of and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, it's but it's been my experience when I'm talking to my own kids, which you know that I have six of them, very many. Yeah. Um <laughs> so a lot of my experiential is really experiential, not just coaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're so I don't wanna say anti corporate sometimes, you know, and talk about your generation's kind of aversion, especially at Brown maybe. I don't know how they how, how play um, how students are at brown but is there a version to the corporate culture now
1: you know i think um something that people have said to me which has really been interesting and kind of caught my attention is that it can what you do and all your achievements accomplishments everything is great but sometimes it's like oh do you know this person who connected you with this person and who can help you get this um contact and i think it's Really important that people like know that communicating with people is such an important part of getting any job and that connecting with people is a way that you can kind of uh, expand your network and meet new people that you didn't realize could help you possibly land a job or even some sort of other opportunity in your life that you're thinking about. And I think it, what I've realized is how important it is to not only advocate for yourself, but then be willing to connect and speak with others because they could help you in ways that you never thought they would.
0: Thousand percent. And, you know, it's about helping people. And, you know, I mean, think about, think about how much sports relates to what you just said, you know, like knowing people, networking, nurturing the relationships that you do on teams and sports is a great teacher for this. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, being in a division one environment these past years, I think it's given me the opportunity to be in both a collaborative and competitive environment. And I think that also is present in the workplace because you have to be able to work with people on a day-to-day basis, whether that's like on a project or within your department and team. But then you sometimes there is competition, not even necessarily against each other, but within yourself and within other companies. And you have to know how to not only balance that, but then manage like when you do fail or when you there is um, disagreements within your team and then how to come to a solution, compromise and bounce back from that. Through sports, I've been able to learn that and hopefully, and I know myself and other athletes, um, that's something we've really been fortunate about learning more about with, through our experience as an athlete.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, um, you know, because I'm sure that, you know, like on, on our team, you know, when I was at Brown or when I was with the Blades or when I was in China, there's always these situations with people that kind of crop up, whether it's a teammate, whether it's a situation with your coach, whether it's a situation with someone outside the team, and those situations guaranteed will show up in the business world, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw one at you right now and I'm going to uh, ask you how you're going to respond. Okay. So you're, uh, you're sitting at your desk and you overhear that uh, one, of the, one of your bosses is doing some sketchy stuff. They're cooking the books and you know it, you've kind of watched it, you've
1: experienced it. What do you do? I mean, I think it, there's a couple of things. I think it de- depends on, I think it's good. Hmm. That's a great one. I mean, I actually, with my, I don't have that much experience. Within, um with your gut. Go with your gut. Okay. That's
0: what you got to do. Go with your gut.
1: Well, I think there's a couple ways to approach it. I think depending on the situation, who else? Within your team or department, do you trust that you would feel comfortable speaking to with about this issue? So I'm gonna relate it back to Team fence So there's another cap other captains on my team that I would feel comfortable talking to this about, and then maybe we would approach the our boss or our coach that situation about something that we heard that we feel uncomfortable about or we think this is a concern. I think another way to approach it if someone feels comfortable is approaching it themselves without getting anyone involved and saying, Hey, like I just wanted to I've heard this and I wanted to address it to you up front before it spreads or before it becomes a bigger issue than it could be. So I think yeah. a couple different ways to look at it, depending on the situation and what's going on.
0: It's a good it's a good answer. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, I'm just you know, I, I like to I like to ask Budding kind of leaders in the world, how they deal with these situations. When I was a mentor coach uh, at USA Hockey for I don't know how many years, I was doing that with my interns. I would, I would put them through these kind of scenarios, not to just, you know, hear the answer, but you know, to be able to critically think through and solve problems on the spot. And you know, it's uh, it's kind of fun to to talk through and, and hear your approach. I think it's very collaborative. It's very brown esque. I loved it.
1: Loved it. I mean, I. Think- um,
0: <laughs> and oh. uh no there's no right or wrong answer you did a great job yeah, so no, thank you for that i think
1: that also like one thing i'd say i know i wouldn't do is i wouldn't if that were to happen i wouldn't necessarily go around and like sp- spreading that information with people because that's how rumors start and things kind of um just go downhill and spin into something that yeah. might not actually be true so i think either yeah. speaking with someone that you trust that you could confide in and talk about oh what do you think we should do, or directly going to that person and trying to fight it? Um, yeah, I mean,
0: but, I, I think I think you bring up a great point on women's teams, right? Sometimes the rumor mill is brutal, so there may be some women, girls girls out there listening or other people that are in similar situations. Have you ever? Have you ever as a captain had to like go up to someone and just say, Hey, cut, cut it out. Or, you know, do you go to the coach? Like, how do you, how do you deal with a, a teammate on the, uh, that's a little bit of a, I don't want to say a cancer, but a little bit of a, a stir the pot person that spreads rumors and stuff. Do you ever deal with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this past year I was the leader for my class and was also like a spokesperson for our class. So when I noticed things going on, um, I went directly to our seniors and spoke to them about the issue. Like if they had heard anything going on and seen if it was something that was apparent to the team or just something that was pretty subtle. And then if I also thought I needed to speak directly to the coaches about it. I would speak to them. But there also were times when if I heard something that I didn't really think people knew about, but could turn into something, I approached the player. She said, Hey, like, I don't think this should, we should go about it this way or maybe try and think about it in a different manner. And, let's just move
0: on from that. Yeah. And and did you ever notice that sometimes people, they don't even know they're doing it. It's just how they are. And sometimes it's that one conversation that you have with that person that changes their life. I'm not kidding. Like some people don't even know they do it. No one's ever called them on it in the right way because you kind of can't go up to them and bully them into it. Right. You have to kind of walk that line of, Hey, did you ever think of this? So, you know, have you thought of it that way that that you've been doing them a favor and it's not really about you. It's about them and helping them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like myself and most people want to help other people and want everyone to be the best version of themselves. So by just saying something small sometimes can go a long way, even if I might not realize that, like just by saying, Oh, Hey, like maybe think about it this way or try not to do that next time because it'll help you improve in this way. Um, just something small can sometimes make a difference in a way that we don't realize and help someone else become a better person and player and teammate.
0: Crazy. Well, I know. So, you know, I, I, I want to just, I want to wrap this up a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the the team at Brown and uh, is there anything you want to say about your team and promote Brown and what you guys expect this year and uh, any, any new recruits coming in that you're excited about and, you know, this is your senior year, this is your swan song, maybe like, Talk about this year coming up.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I'm really excited to take all that I've learned and experienced the past few years and kind of put that into my final season. I think you learn something different every year as a freshman, as a sophomore, as a junior. And how lucky I am to be able to play one more year and take all those experiences and that I've learned and, kind of put that in as I go into my senior season. And we have a great group of girls, I'm really excited. We have a big, pretty big incoming class that should be a lot of fun and great addition to our team. So I'm excited for all of us to have the chance again to get back out there. And I know myself and our other senior, um, just leave it all out there this year, uh, because who knows where it will take us in the future and what'll happen, but I do know that. We're, I'm really excited to play one more year Um, and have one more year, both on the court as a, um, athlete, but also in the classroom and at Brown. I I gotta,
0: I gotta bring you down onto the court level though. Right. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. you're up in the sky right now, you're riding your high, you're getting into your senior year, but you're playing your biggest rival now. Right. And you know, it's, uh, it's tied up and, uh, you got, you're almost fouled out in the game, right? and uh you're playing some you're playing some that. defense like but you know you're down by 2 and the ball's there and this kid that's been like all over you the whole time what do you do when she's in your face like do you take that last foul and like you know elbow her out down low or how do you how do you handle that and you know how do you take over a game at the end
1: yeah i mean i think the biggest thing is staying calm and composed and not letting that aggressiveness and sometimes, I don't know, like attitude affect how you play. So I think it's just in that situation knowing that, okay, yes, I might have four fouls. Yes, I might be tied or I might be down a couple, but we are still in control. We can still win this game. I just need to stay calm and do what I do and not worry about this other person that's in my face trying to distract me um, or trying to bug me and bother me and just focus on what I need to do. To help myself and my team win this game
0: yeah did you ever you ever how many buzzer beater like how many game winning shots have you scored like when it goes Arr! and then you know the
1: the ball Not that many, in. how many but we definitely had no i i don't actually know if that's happened come on but i do, no no i'm serious but i do know that we've had some close games and it's been really it's really it's always fun whatever sport you're in
0: you're so humble. So good. You're so humble. I can't even get you to brag. I love that about you. Okay. Well, <laughs>
1: no, but, uh, Any sport, like it's so fun to just be in that environment where it's such a close game. Anyone can win and it's up to you to kind of, not up to you, but like up to you and your team to figure out, okay, can we come together and do what we can to win this? And then if you lose, that happens sometimes. And hopefully you know that you left it all out there and did all that you could. Yeah.
0: Well, you're a model captain. I wish you, wish you played for me. Someday, maybe I'll coach basketball. But um, uh, lastly, are there any projects you want to share or, you know, can where can uh, our listeners uh, kind of look you guys up at Brown or however you want to? Yeah,
1: so um, we're really active on Instagram, so you can follow us at Brown Hoops. We're also Brown Hoops on Twitter as well. We're on Instagram, we definitely post all about our season, what's going on even in the summer, about players, what they're up to, both academically and then on the court too, our training. And then as it gets to the season, it's a lot of fun to follow and see what's going on with every player and what we're doing as a team. So we're really excited to, um, really excited for this year, and we hope that you come out and watch us. We always love our some extra fans. Um, and yeah, so all of us on Brown hoops.
0: Good. Well, maybe someday, you know, we'll have to do a uh, see it be it event at a Brown basketball game in honor of uh, Ashley and, uh, Justine. So that's awesome. Yeah, um, so, absolutely. so, uh, I'm going to wrap this show up. Uh, remember, follow us at, at the grit live on Insta and Twitter And follow Justine Gaziano at Brown Hoops. That's at Brown, B-R-O-W-N, hoops. That is the Brown Women's Basketball Team. They are an amazing group of young women. They're great athletes. They're great leaders. They're great role models. And we had today's Brown captain here on The Grit. So this is Digit Murphy for Justine Gaziano. We'll see you next week. Get gritty. Bye-bye.